Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Oh, we're starting? I'm your host, Natasha Legero. Oh, let me do it. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Now brought to you by National Public Radio. My name's Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. You didn't do it right. You got to do it. If it's NPR, you got to do it with a little bit of a speech impediment. And I'm Natasha Natasha Legero. Perfect. You're hired. (laughs) How you doing, Tosh? I'm good. Great day in quarantine. Huh? Yeah. We were thinking we were, um, maybe the last few intros have been a little dour. So we were thinking, what if we, right? Yeah. Positive. What if we did a positive intro? Well, I started thinking today of the things that I have learned from the quarantine. Yeah? What have you learned? Well, well, first of all, I thought the, there is something nice about it and I maybe am in a rarefied position where I don't have to go to work, you know, and I feel very lucky for that. And I also, you know, have food, but, uh, sorry, my dog's shaking. Our dog is like <laughs> con- currently dying. So you okay, cutie? You okay? She would die on a podcast though. She would love to. That would be, she died as she it's lived. Like dying on the stage. If she died in a podcast. At least you could say she died doing what she loved. <laughs> She's always been a, a like a, a podcasting dog. She was in on <laughs> on the ground floor. She loved Never Not Funny. She loved WTF. She's pumped with so much medicine right now. She's barely herself. But she's still alive. That's a positive. She's still alive and a little bit chipper. She's almost like a regular dog. This might be her last YouTube performance. But anyway, some of the some of the things that have been eliminated, like driving. It is funny that we were like we we're going to start our this with a positive intro. <laughs> our dog is dying of congestive heart failure. But I love not having to drive. That's I love not nice. having meetings. I love love that I learned to cook for my family. I love that I know how to like, you know, roast a vegetable if I have to now. You like, have. You have. You I have. know how to do the laundry. I'm like doing everything myself now. Yeah. the tradi- All of the things that I demanded of you when this quarantine began. <laughs> I remember I said, woman, if you're not going to be working, you're going to be assuming the traditional roles of a housewife. And you have done an amazing job of that. No, because my friends used to tell me, because I used to hate to cook, and they would say, I think it might be a psychological problem from like your childhood. <laughs> like, how could you not want to cook? But honestly, cooking does make you feel a little more human when you well, cook that's for true. yourself. I realized, I think we all realized that, and RIP to the restaurant industry, because not only <laughs> are they all like extremely underwater financially, but the entire country came to the, <laughs> the awareness at once. Like, why was I spending so much money at a restaurant? <laughs> I could I could make this myself. It makes me feel more like I'm connected to my life cycle, and it's like a tenth of the price. Um, uh, so I I've liked cooking. I've liked having meals with the family. I think we have as a family really nicely connected. Uh, in a weird way, I think that uh, I I think that um, without the quarantine, the uh, the it's it's difficult to say as a that it's a pure positive but it does feel like all the unrest that we're experiencing in society there's no world in which people would have been coming out and demanding uh, their rights and demanding change in society if we weren't all distracted by the comforts of capital and Mm -hmm. capitalism you know like we all have been so distracted by 
having to go to work and getting enough money to stay comfortable and stay buying stuff and stay in the grind that like when you take that away like they literally they just took capitalism away for a little while and people are like realizing oh this is uh, unacceptable so to me that that that's pretty positive i think that's been nice um also i like the the interactions I have had seem to mean a little more because I'm not seeing many people. Yeah, you do kind of feel like you know who your friends are in a different way. Like the people that you kept in touch with throughout the quarantine, you feel like, oh, these are my real people. And that's that's pretty nice, too. I and the, I, I had a thought today was kind of funny. Like, what happened to all the bread? You know, Baking bread? Yeah, like everybody started the quarantine with like, ah, I'm going to go back to my flour grinding roots. I'm making myself a glutinous rye loaf oh i'm making a german chocolate cake and now we're at the it's macaroni and cheese phase like i yeah. can't do this anymore i agree what's wrong with her i don't know but th- we can't have her whining through the entire podcast <laughs> oh maybe she wants more broccoli yeah you you're the one that brought food down here <laughs> wait she, the dog's been crying for broccoli yeah natasha brought up a, a sprig of broccoli downstairs and has it i don't know why these dogs like broccoli they're straight up nerd dogs but she like put it on the on the table and they're whimpering for it it's not that our dog's dying it's that they're dying for some of that sweet sweet clee well natasha i also feel like i've gotten okay this is a small pleasure but i feel like i've watched a lot of old movies and that's been kind of nice mm-hmm. you know i watched harakiri the other night the japanese classic about seppuku uh, that was really nice. We watched, uh, like we said, we watched The Long Goodbye. We watched, um, I watched um, Anatomy of a Murder with Jimmy Stewart the other day. That's been kind of nice. Another thing that's been nice is um, as the quarantine slowly melts a little bit, even though cases are spiking throughout the country, so it'll probably freeze again soon. You know, we've been finding these little ways to, to hang out with people. Like the other day when I watched uh, Analysis or what, analysis of a Murder? uh anatomy anatomy of a murder i had my brother come over and we opened up the the side door to to where we tape there's a tv here that you can swing out towards the backyard and he sat outside on a couch and i sat inside it was almost like we were hanging out that's cool it was kind of cute um and i've also gotten to live with some of your cutest um annoying habits oh this doesn't feel positive it feels like <laughs> no this is positive because it's cute it's okay. a cute habit that what, you is, have. what is one of my annoying cute habits you um you store lone marshmallows on different shelves <laughs> of all of our cabinets and then check on them and when they get stale you nibble on them well and then put them back okay here's the thing i like that's i don't think that's a that's normal it's not normal although that feels like it's delving into the realm of negativity that's true i like a stale marshmallow it's a it's a treat that i like and i it's i it's from childhood my grandmother had a bag of marshmallows that she left in a cabinet for like a year and i found them and i was like hmm i wonder what these taste like and i ate them and they were like real stale and i was like these are fucking good so you like like peeps and circus peanuts and those stuff. aren't circus peanuts are more along peeps are very the opposite of stale they're very fresh and moist what i like is i like something with that i like something that chalky chew, i want it to chew back a little bit you know <laughs> so a circus peanut is in the realm of what i'm talking about but what what i've taken to doing since we have i bought a little um that fire pit we have a bunch of marshmallows around because we're roasting marshmallows with our kid is i've been taking them and hiding them around the kitchen in various because what i'm trying to do is create a system where like area one are our marshmallows from five days ago 
and area two they're from four days ago area three three days ago so that they're all staling out in different uh, and then which which level do you go for the one for five days i want the five day oh. but the, my problem has been i haven't been able to resist them long enough to let it build up i need that oxy- <laughs> oxygenation to build up a little bit but I just keep eating them, you know? So now I'm really trying to get disciplined. I have, I just want to leave the ones from five days there. And it, because you got to get to yourself a, a runway, a stale, stale marshmallow runway, right? Mm-hmm. If I could just wait for like a few weeks, I would be in, I would be in stale marshmallow heaven. But anyway, we've all got problems. Do I have a, an, an annoying habit that... Yeah, you fart in your sleep. No, I don't. You do a lot. I mean, hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's cute though. I mean, I'm talking, I'm not talking like little feminine French farts. I'm talking like big fucking Polish, like kind of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like welcoming the Third Reich kind of farts in. Just like. Okay, matter, I gave you a chance to get back at me, but fine. Matterhorn, straight Let's up. Let's take a call. It's a Ricola. Is what it, when you fart, it says Ricola. And a little French man jumps, I can see it on the, on the apex of your, of your butt. He's up there and he's got lederhosen on. This isn't Thursday at the comedy store, Mosh. I'm just out here riffing, having a nice time, trying to roast roast my wife a bit. Do you have any funny quirks? Or what have you learned about like living with me in the quarantine? I know we're trying to like stay I'm, positive. Yeah. In a po- on a oh. po- on a positive note. Yeah. Oh, is it really hard to think of a positive one? <laughs> well, I'm just saying the things that spring to mind are little pet peeves, but. Um, you know, I, I, I've come to re- like I, I've come to realize that you, um, you need, you need breaks once in a while, and I have to remind you to smoke pot. <laughs> okay. Is that positive? I'll be like, if I, if I sense you in a certain, I'll just be like, hey, don't you, you smelling the broccoli? <laughs> Why are you smelling the broccoli? I thought something, something smelled, and I was like, oh, it's the broccoli. No, it's one of your Ricola farts, <laughs> and you're awake, so imagine what it's like at night. I'm trying to watch Fauda. All of a sudden, I'm like, is that machine gun fire? Oh, no. Ricola. Can we take a call? You didn't fart in your sleep. Honey. I know. How would you know? You wouldn't know. I know I don't do I'll that. I'll tell you another cute habit I have. Hmm. I need a 20-minute nap a day. That is cute. I need to I need to go down for 20 minutes a day. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And never really more. No. That's what I need to recharge. And, uh, I in need, the middle of the day. I'm need, not like that. I need one stale marshmallow and one 20-minute <laughs> nap, and I am good to go. Speaking of being good to go, Natasha, you've said it a few times, but I think you're right. The time has come to take a call. Okay, let's call Jenna in Texas. Hello? Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Hi. How you doing? Is this Jenna Bush? <laughs> no. We just saw Jenna in Texas and we, no were, we thought we got lucky. <laughs> that would be just an no. awesome, it would be an awesome moment for this podcast. I got to tell you. It really would. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you all? Thanks for calling me. For sure. Are you in a closet? Are you hiding from your parents? What's going on? I'm hiding from my child. Oh. <laughs> How old's your child? <laughs> He's five. Okay. And what, why'd you call us? So I am a bisexual woman and I've been married to a man for a few months right before COVID started. It's been a great honeymoon phase. 
Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> you guys got to travel to the... Uh, did you read the news together? <laughs> you got to yeah, travel to the exotic did. locale, the honeymoon of your apartment? <laughs> yeah, of our tiny house, which I'm glad that we at least have a yard and we're not like locked in an okay. apartment somewhere. So you're bisexual. But it's been difficult. You're married. You're a few months in. This is obviously your child's yeah. from a previous situation. No, yes. she's from Texas. They um, don't even have rules there. <laughs> no, I was living in France with this child, and then I came back. You left France to go to Texas? Why, but here I am. <laughs> no, I, I left France, and when I came here, I found out I was pregnant, and I was like, fuck. But, oh. So I say everything's cool. Oh, you had a little baby baguette? You got a little baby baguette? Oh, cute. Yeah, from a, a one-night stand in Paris? Mm-hmm. No, it was casual. Yeah, well, not that casual. Not it's a five, five-year-old. That's, <laughs> that's not super casual. Wait, does he speak? He or she speak French? A little bit, yeah. Is oh. is he the father really a, like it? He thinks it's weird. Is the father a part of the light of your life? No, I got his rights terminated. It was a whole thing. <laughs> I didn't want anything from him, but men always come back. I don't know. I just was like, all right, I don't want anything from you, but yeah, your rights are gone. I hear you. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, back to my bisexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So I really thought that, you know, I got all my craziness out of my 20s and experimentation and I got married. Right. You must have had had nothing but menage a trois while you were in France, right? I mean, that's straight up. That's the the home country. They they invented it. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was fun. It was a great time. But then I was ready to settle down. For a few months. And then COVID happened. And we're <laughs> in for a few months. We're living together. As you know, it's like really hard to be in a relationship at this time and like always be around each other and getting on each other's nerves. And I've been watching a lot of like queer TV shows. I just finished Transparent. And I was just like, man, I want to like experiment more and Mm. like be with a woman and have some kind of connection because i just feel so disconnected from him even though we're in the same house i feel more like not with him i have i have a question why did you decide to marry him and also what's his connection to your son like have you guys formed a family unit together for like yeah we're a family unit my son has a dad technically here which is why i'm stuck here a friend of mine adopted him so it's not like he's the father figure in my son's life i mean we live together obviously so he's some kind of figure but wait wait your your son is adopted by to someone else uh-huh her, her son has her friend adopted her son to be and it then, is complicated uh but I think we're figuring it out. The French guy got kicked to the curbs and, and had his rights termin- t- terminated. But then she came back to the United States yeah. and found a friend who adopted the child. And now that is the child's father. Okay. And now she is married to a man who she's feeling disconnected from and believes it. that the answer to finding connection is, <laughs> a, is a woman. I mean, that my primary reaction here is... There are two separate issues that you're discussing here. One, and you've conflated them. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me if I'm wrong here, because you know you better than me. Although I am a person that pretends to uh, uh, be an uh, amateur psychologist, but you have 
the lack of connection you're feeling for your husband. And then you also have your bisexuality and you've conflated this theoretical emotional connection you'd have with a woman with the uh, with the lack of connection you're feeling with this guy but i don't think that's true i don't think that that true happiness lies in the arms of a an imaginary woman i think the issue is what you're feeling at home Moshe, you're so good. Oh, exactly. thanks. <laughs> so, so what does she do then, Moshe? Well, I mean, I think you work out whether or not you can rekindle that connection with the person that you're living with before you decide. That, that's just my, 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 my gut check instinct is you figure out if you can rekindle. The other thing I was going to say is uh, to be gentle on both yourself and your husband because this isn't normal. None of this is normal. I, Natasha and I, we felt strains that we've never felt before. For in, sure. In our relationship. And like also a lot of couples, I don't think they're even like spending their evenings together. Like people right. are like separating in the evening. Like we spend so much time with each other and you know, it's... it's How could you feel like, oh, uh, you know, I feel so connected to this guy when, y- y- you know, it's, it's not like ro- romance. It's more like mechanics. It's like every day, mm-hmm. all day sitting together like in a way i'm closer than ever to natasha but in other ways it's like you know i never realized how much having some time to myself could build up our connection and our relationship not that we're feeling disconnected but you're saying if if you had time to yourself it builds it actually builds your relationship or i think gives energy to it because this it's like it's like trying to swim you know that's how i'm feeling sometimes like we're trying to swim we're trying to stay afloat keep the child happy keep our family unit going it's not like we don't have downtime to like go you get know, work done you know yeah but mm-hmm. uh, but anyway okay so queer tv and queer i mean first of all what's up with your husband's relationship with your sexuality he knows you're bi he knows i am and he has stated you know if i was to be with a woman it would be considered cheating uh-huh what about also if it was a man what about um uh like three threesomes oh he'd be totally down for that but that is so hard to find unless i get a self sex worker which i listen to the episodes yeah we, great we i've gotta, used sex workers before in the past but that's just not what i'm really looking for i'm looking for you want to fall in love with a, a connection yeah, but then that's so complicated and emotional. I've been there. Well, tell me about so. it, sister. I've been there too. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I think my primary advice is is the correct advice. Forget your sexuality and figure out whether or not your relationship with your husband is actually uh, imploding, and he's the, you you married someone and it was a mistake, or if you're just feeling some type of way because you're in the middle of quarantine. And now and, you're fantasizing about transparent. Yeah. <laughs> you're fantasizing about Jeffrey Tambor taking you to bed. Yeah. It's like, I, I, cause I think those are separate. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that the, your happiness lies in, uh, in exploring the other half of your sexuality, or maybe there's more than half the, your happiness lies always within. So it's like, maybe the thing is that you belong with a woman and maybe that's what you'll discover. If you go back to your husband and go, I'm feeling this way. We need to work this out and figure out if we can get there. Maybe you'll go, you know what? After all this work, I realize I made a mistake. I'm actually, well, who I need to be with is, is a woman. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm saying that based on the information you have now, there's no way to know that you'd be happy because it was a woman. And it just doesn't sound true to me. I agree. I agree with you. So you got to talk to the guy. Have you talked to him about how you're feeling? 
yeah, I have. And we've been working on it, you know, like trying to, you know, watch a movie together or something instead of just like, I just go to bed and be like, okay, bye. I want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to make a connection. There's just something so nice about like going to work and missing your partner and like coming home and telling them about your day. It's just well, that's, a weird time. That's why I think you have to wait until after this all kind of normalizes again to a more normal level and then see where you guys are at. And then, you know, I, I still don't quite understand why you decided to marry him. <laughs> it's been like two months. <laughs> well, I'm giving him a green card too. Oh, so. man. A lot of tangled web we weave. What, from what country is he from? <laughs> He's from Colombia. You're a goddamn uh, United Nations type of lady. <laughs> got a French lover that you terminated. You got an adopted dad from Texas who's riding a steer right now out in the, the wilds of the Texas prairie. And then you got a, a Colombian, a beautiful Colombian. Uh, what are they? What are they into? They have fan. I, I'm trying not to make a cocaine joke. There's something else about Colombia. Soccer. Oh. No, they have. Uh, they, they they created um, some kind of lit- literary movement like. Oh, I don't know. Fantasy, neo, one of the listeners will tell me. Oh, you're talking about magical realism. Magical realism. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) The Colombians are into magical realism. You sure about that? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Here's the deal. Okay, we we should probably go. But here's the deal. What you're talking about with the with the woman and transparent and queer TV shows, it's very obvious to me you're talking about an escape. You're 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 feeling less mm-hmm. than happy with what's actual reality. This is you're you're in the midst of magical realism right now. <laughs> you're, you're you're fantasizing about an escape, about a woman that you'll meet that will take away your feelings of doldrums and boring boredom and non-connection. And so you're just indulging in in fantasy. And that's what I mean when I mean, even though you might need to end up with a woman, you don't have enough information to know that that's what the problem is, is because you're in a realm of fantasy. You're in you're in a you're in a pure and no judgment on that, because we all are kind of, you know, fantasizing about no doubt being over. I sometimes think I need to be with a BBW right right now, (laughs) but it's not. I don't think you ever stopped thinking that I don't have enough information right now. So I think. I think that that's the the thing to do is to is to come to that guy and figure out what's up with your connection with him before you start projecting your connection onto a woman you haven't even met. And try to have a fun date night where you guys can connect and get that connection cuz you're talking about an emotional connection. So, I don't know, you have to really see if yes. this guy lacks that, then that's an issue. For sure. Again, not sure why you married mm-hmm. him, but then uh, you know. <laughs> hey, listen, if all else fails, you can always uh run off to a third country and see what happens there. Yeah, maybe in the far future. All right. Well, good You're luck. welcome. <laughs> Bye. Thank you good so luck. much. Bye. N- nice Have to talk night. to you. You Bye. too. Man, you're, you're like Marie Antoinette when it's time to get <laughs> off the phone. You're like, you're welcome. Bye, bitch. Bye. Don't know why you married him. Bye. What? Bye. Well, I'm just saying. Why, do you, why it's does only he have an adopted dad? <laughs> Bye. I didn't know what she why was. Why Colombia? <laughs> Bye. Sounds like an immigration scam. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, wrap it up. I hear you. 
but also understand exactly. It was a little confusing. It was, I was a little confusing. To, I always want some clarification. There's a lot going on there, but I do think, yeah, that, that that's, I, I do think it's very easy. But this is a, yeah, the escape is like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Absolutely. It's very easy. You and your video games. No, that's just a <laughs> hobby. I'm not trying to escape you. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You do fart in your sleep. No, I Honestly, don't. you do. Honestly, it's true. Moshe, don't say that because I know it's not true. I'm a light sleeper and I would know. Well, sometimes it gets heavy, just so you know. Well, you do snore. That's true. I know that. You snore. That's true. Well. But I don't anymore because I sleep on my side. Right, right. Except you sleep- that you do. No, I don't. I mean, you do. I'm the one that's awake while you're asleep. So I'm kind of the authority around here. Why don't you nudge me? I do. I often do. But are you, do you pretend like you're doing something else? No, I nudge you. But do you pretend like you're just fixing a pillow or you like stop snoring? I do both. I have a, a, I have a multi-tiered strategy <laughs> to get you to stop. Because <laughs> like when someone snores, you, wanna, you don't want them to wake up, but you want them to go and then stop. So I do that. Right. You don't want to like make them feel bad. No, no. Well, have you ever um, watched a TV show and thought you'd be uh, more happy in the arms of someone else? No. Whoa, whoa, I did not like the pause. No, I just wanted to say that. Ask me. <laughs> Ask me. Have you ever watched no. a TV show? Are you crazy? No. Uh-uh. What were we going to say? I, I just think that it's hard right now. It is hard. I mean, people need to be gentle on themselves and even gentle on their partners. Their partners who aren't being as romantic. Because that's the thing that you, it's very easy to forget in a relationship, I have found. Is that your your partner, even though you don't live in their head, they're having their own emotional process. And you're forgetting about that because you're so, we're all so, as human beings, so fixated on our own emotional process and our own problems and our own you know fi- uh, feelings of, of, of needing to escape or needing a connection. We forget that there's another person there probably having their own set of emotions and stuff. So like... Yeah, he's probably that Colombian guy. He's probably like, damn, I can't, I can't leave her. I need this green card. Yeah. You know, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. I need this green card. I'm in a scam marriage and I need this green. <laughs> he didn't laugh. I had to like do the joke so many times, but um, all right, should we do some, what do you think? I'd like to take some secrets. Secrets? Let's do it. Hey guys. So I'm calling because I don't tolerate gluten, but hear me out. <laughs> First of all, in the medical community, they literally call it a gluten sensitivity, which is just hilarious. Um, and I would be willing to bet like 60% of people who say that they're gluten intolerant are just lying. Um, but for those of us who really do have a hard time eating it and digesting it, generally the most common thing is for it to just be like, lactose intolerance and it's just like bloating and diarrhea and whatever else but there are also people who get like uh painful joints and other things and my secret is that i tested to have an intolerance of gluten and i just didn't care and i didn't stop eating it until finally i realized that it was the reason i had acne and that was the only thing that matters to me. And the only reason I can ever turn down the delicious gluten is by remembering, yeah, I'll get depressed, whatever. Yeah, my bones are going to hurt, probably. Yeah, I'm going to feel sick for a few days, probably longer than that. But what I really can't handle is my skin breaking out. 
Okay, bye. All right. I I feel like this. What is, is our demo? I don't. That's a great question. <laughs> but I want to say that this is the first official abuse of the secret the secret hotline. Yeah, she was kind of prophesizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. This was just. This was just her. It was mostly uh, a, a a a defense of gluten intolerance. It's way secondarily a secret. It's barely a secret. So don't come on our secret hotline with a platform. Okay. It was like she was running for office. I just want to say that I am a flat earther and there's a lot of truth to it. But anyway, my secret is that Columbus never sailed around the world. I think uh, she was maybe partly answering because I, I asked on the podcast, I was really curious, what is the thing that happens to all these people? Is it just farting? Right. I didn't know it was joints aching. Yeah. I mean, no Your doubt. Your body hurts? I know. We we roasted the gluten. I, by the way, I did like how she said it. She's, I, I think every person who's gluten intolerant should say it the way that caller. So there's only redeeming quality is that she said, I do not tolerate gluten. And I think that's how they should all say it from now on. You don't say I'm gluten intolerant. You say, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't tolerate gluten. I do not, <laughs> not, not in my life, not in my America. Uh, I, I know that gluten sensitivity is real. I totally, I, I did roast them last week a bit. I know that it's real. I just also think some people are doing it and they don't have it. That's okay. all. And, and her secret was that, the only reason she avoids gluten is because it made her skin break out. Right. I hear Her you. secret. Oh, like like she could handle body pains. Right. But she not would. the vanity. I get that. I do get I'm that. I'm with her. Okay. Let's hear another one. Hey, Natasha and Moshe. So I'm sitting here in this ghetto gas station, and I'm just going to come out with it and say it. I have masturbated in tanning beds before. <laughs> tanning beds? <laughs> and yes. it's something about being completely naked under a heat lamp especially in the winter, and you got just 10 minutes to get your business done, and I usually do it on my lunch breaks. Um, and then I just like the thought, and this is going to sound really bad, of them just cleaning it up afterwards with their squeegee and their rag. Oh like, yeah. I mean, I don't squirt all over it, but, you know, it ain't clean either. So there's my secret. Bye. Okay, I have a confession. Yeah. I'm with her. I think I've done this. What do you mean you think you've done this? <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've done this before, but not the second part where I want people to wipe it up. But so you, it's just an unfortunate byproduct. I just remember getting horny in a tanning bed. Really? Yeah, I from, think so. From the tanning? Just like, it's like, I don't know, you're bored and like, you know, you're naked and it's like hot and I don't know, you've got 15 minutes. Interesting. And yeah, so I'm, just, like, I'm sure you would if you were doing, I'm sure. Definitely not because my penis is so big, it would go straight up in, if it got hard, it would go into the hot bulbs. But she lost me at wanting them to pick it up. I think that was an underappreciated jokes. joke. I mean, it would go into the hot bulbs. I like that. You know, it would grow into the bulbs. Are there bulbs? It's like, uh, you know, you can like decide how, how far down you want it. And I would always be afraid. So I had a lot of space. Oh, interesting. I don't know why I did that. Probably for like. That's kind of interesting that she she's into the idea of, of tanning bed workers cleaning up her nut. <laughs> her like girl nut. Like that is pretty sadistic. Very masculine. You think? Kind of. Clean up my load. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just clean it up. But bad news for you. Guess what? When you get out every time they turn the bed on again. And so it fries it dry. So they don't they don't have to do it. Let's play another. Hey, guys. First off, I really like that uh, message. Um, 
This is kind of a response slash, I guess, maybe a secret to a caller from, I think, the FOMO episode um, where her boyfriend or fiancé, I don't remember what, um, was basically sitting in a parking lot for two hours after he got off work. Hold on, pause. Um, All right, this is the second abuse of the Secrets (laughs) Hotline. I'm sorry, you don't get to just call and follow up on a caller and talk shit. <laughs> but that was, that did stick with me. I've been thinking about that all week. I know, me too. But I, also he goes, he goes, and I guess a secret. It's like, has the whole, as the country has fallen apart, so too do the rules of decorum on the secrets hotline? All right, let's see what this fellow has to say. Play. And that really struck her bell with me because... I got out of a relationship in January and about three months before I broke the relationship off with her, I would literally do the same thing, but Whoa. down in my garage and I would just waste time and fuck around with my car and my tools and just because I didn't want to go up and see her. Um, so, I mean, I just thought it was interesting um, that more guys do that. Like, you know, I am fascinated. I've always been fascinated. Well, she didn't know that's what he was doing either. We were kind of like, well, you know, it might just be COVID. He might just need to decompress. But if you're listening, maybe that is an no, indication. No, he, he said. I oh, he said it. he's. Oh, I don't remember. I need some time to myself. Well, that's different than saying I'm about to break up with you. Right. But it's always been interesting to me that people are so scared of breaking up that they just stay in things that they're not enjoying. Right. Well, I guess they want to make sure they can find someone else. Is that what it is? Yeah, because then people will think, oh, I'm too old. I'm not sexy. Not the, not the woman. I'm talking about the guy. Both of these guys. If they're so miserable in their relationship that they have to go hide in their car or in their garage, why not break? Why not end the relationship? Well, I, I remember it always took about a, like six weeks to break up with somebody. Really? If you're, if you're in a deep relationship, it's not like it's that easy. I've never, uh, I've never really had a real breakup. So I don't really know, honestly. I, I, met, I met Curious literally. I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship for a long time and you're like, I'm not enjoying this. It just feels like I'd just be like, you know what I would do if I stopped enjoying our relationship? Hmm. I would treat you the way you treat a caller when it's time to wrap up a call. <laughs> I'd be like, bye, <laughs> bye. I'm out the door. Joint custody, bitch. Bye. <laughs> We'll figure it all out, bitch. Bye. I got myself an apartment. Bye. I'm moving into my RV. Bye-bye. Going to take a long trip on the national park system. Bye-bye-bye. No, I probably wouldn't. I'd be anguished. You know I'd be anguished. It's scary to think about just falling out of love with somebody. Yeah. I guess you have. You've done it. I've never done it. And I never will. Let's play another. Hey, guys. So... My on-again, off-again boyfriend of, like, five years cheated on me a long time ago with this girl that he worked with, and we worked for the same company, so eventually I had to work with her as her boss, and I ended up befriending her, like, getting close with her, and all the while, she didn't and still doesn't know that I know that she fucked my boyfriend, and later, my boyfriend and I were on another break, he fucked another girl who was his employee, and now I'm her boss again. And, like, we talk and text all the time, and I'm training her to be a manager, and she's awesome. But she still doesn't know that I know that my boyfriend and her fucked. So, in a way, it's like I get a moral superiority from being, like, the bigger 
person and these friendships and knowing that since they like me now, they probably feel like they betrayed me. It's like a moral high ground, but I also really like the girls. So it's weird. Maybe I'm like a cuck. <laughs> women can be cucks. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I love the podcast and uh, my boyfriend and I were at your special taping in Austin while we were broken up. Thanks. <laughs> sweet, sweet lady cuck. I mean, I think she's right. That she's evolved. Yeah, it's like... That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, this guy, I'm not sure this guy's a huge winner. Although I do like that he came to our comedy show, so I do tend to kind of empathize with him. But it sounds like the guy is the problem. But she does, yeah, she seems evolved. Right? Yeah. Why not be? It's always weird to me when I watch these videos. I watch a lot of fight videos, as you know, Natasha. And it's like some woman pulls up on the woman that's cheating on her man and beats up the woman. I'm like, the woman didn't do anything. She's, and also... Beat up the man. She's doing the right thing. She has no option. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, uh, not to be weird, but, you know, I, I know that you fuck my boyfriend. Like, she should, there's she, no cool way to say that to someone, I don't think. She should probably fuck, try to seduce both of them. I think she should just, like, not worry about it. I'm kind of with you, but what if she seduced both of them? That sounds really hot, Moshe. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let's call that girl back with the green card marriage. So we've got somebody for her. All right. One more secret. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. Um, I'm just calling because I have this secret where when my boyfriend and I go to stay at my parents' house one time, he had a wet dream and so that was funny in and of itself so I wanted to keep it going and every time that we go to sleep over at my parents house I jerk him off in his sleep so that he wakes up thinking that he had a wet dream and now he's convinced that there's something about that specific bed and room that just does it for him. Uh, yeah, that's my secret. I love the follow through. I I I gotta <laughs> say I don't really believe this secret. <laughs> this doesn't sound true. You know, I think maybe she's done it like twice. But maybe she, she's done it three times. First, everything about this smell this smells fishy, like. First of all, the guy, her husband had a wet dream. Like, <laughs> is she married to a 14-year-old virgin? Like, huh? But maybe, maybe I could believe that. But then the same man who had a wet dream, she's able to jerk off to completion without him waking up every time they go home to their parents' house. Like, every time. So just to conduct some psychological experiment. If you jerked me off in my sleep, like, I would not, you would. You would wake up, right? I would wake up the moment you began touching it. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? That's what you'd say. What are you doing? Are you jerking me off to try to get me to think that my parents' bed turns me, your parents' bed turns me on? Right. Like, now does he believe in ghosts? He believes, well, why ghosts? Like, like he thought that the just ghosts in of her, her ancestors? I don't know. Like, a wet dream. Like, that's only something that, like, kids have. Kids? Don't you only have a wet dream if you're, like, a teenager? A teen. I guess. I never had one. You never had one? Never had a wet dream. No, I was too busy getting pussy. Okay, well, that didn't land at all. Now I got to cut it out of the podcast. Don't cut it out. We all we all support you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take one more call. Okay, one last call. 
You got to go, huh? Where, where are you off to? <laughs> to take a bath. All right. Let's call Veronica. Ooh. Oh, in Oakland, California. <laughs> oh, shit. Brap, brap. Brap, brap. Calling my hometown. Now, you might notice I'm going to speak a little different. Hello. Veronica. What's up, folks? <laughs> Town business. <No>. Town business. <laughs> Hi. What's up, How's the town? Uh, well, you know, it's it's June, so there's fireworks. Hell you know, yeah. Where do you parking. live? <laughs> I live in West Oakland. Well, West Oakland. You know, West Oakland is funny because when I was, I assume you didn't grow up in Oakland, Veronica? I grew up in Marin County, okay. so no. Okay. So West Oakland, when I, <laughs> Natasha, when I was growing up, was a place that we would go under duress to go buy weed. Like you would never <laughs> kick it. Ever. Ever. And then all of a sudden, in like 2000, all these white people started moving into to West Oakland, gentrifying up the place with a, a kind of um, a willful, uh, a, what's the right word? It was like a, a gleeful ignorance about the neighborhood. Not you, Veronica, not you. You were probably no, a, I mean, a, a late waiver. But it was gleeful ignorance. But it was like all the people who grew up in Oakland be like, you're moving to the West? Okay. okay. Yeah, like specifically, I moved to Dogtown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a different community now. It's a different world. What's? Uh, I'm so glad to talk to somebody in Oakland. How How is it feeling? How are the streets? Um, you know, it's actually it's been pretty okay compared to a lot of the country right now. You know, like early on with the protests, like we were going to marches, and there's been some like in car protests and bike protests, but uh, there's not been a lot of like bad shit going on here like the oakland pd surprisingly kind of pulled out and stopped tear gassing people a few weeks ago so that's cool i guess yeah that's cool that's <laughs> it's a low bar but it's a bar that they passed <laughs> so what's up veronica why did you call us so i called because it's you know i, I did move to oakland four years ago I, I grew up in the bay area but mostly in san francisco and in the north bay but I'm at a point now, like my husband and I moved here four years ago, and I've been asking him <laughs> for over a year if we could move. And it's nothing to do with Oakland. It's just the area in general, you know. Like, where do you want to move to? Um, like somewhere where we can buy a house, somewhere where we can have like a second bedroom. We've considered Austin, Portland, North Carolina, like all the... So you want to uproot, kind of. <laughs> sure. Got it. Okay. And he's, he's really like, he keeps saying like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I also think that like we don't have much of a future here if you want to, you know, own a home or retire or have children, but he doesn't actually do anything about it. And every time I talk to him about it, there's like a new excuse as to why we can't move yet. Like what? Can you tell us a couple of those excuses? Oh uh, yeah. Well, like the most recent one is like, well, you know, it's, it's a pandemic right now. I, I'm not going to be able to find another job in another part of the country. I should just keep the job I have now. That's actually like, a, you know, that's a, a pretty, pretty good excuse. I'm going to give him that one. I'm going to give him a, a hard, a good, nice pass for that one. <laughs> but you know, his field actually isn't like he's nobody in his field is actually laid off or anything. You know, there right. are actually, there are jobs. He's just not applying to them. Right. Well, Hey, so, th so there's your counter argument right there. It's like, Oh, I hear you, but why don't you apply and find out? Right. Like he could be doing that little step 
You're saying he never takes the little step, right? Yeah, um, we've been talking about it for over a year, and like I really got mad a few weeks ago, and he was like, okay, well, to let you know I'm serious, I'm going to log into my LinkedIn and update it, which to me is like, like it's, it's the bare the, minimum. It's the not shooting tear gas at protesters of making overtures to move. It's a low bar. Here, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, in every relationship, there's going to be someone who like kind of sets everything up and drives things and books the vacation and figures everything out and schedules things and you know, makes sure everything happens and kind of pushes is the energy behind that. And I don't know, I find it in our relationship, I'm really good at scheduling and like, oh, pushing it's you, it. it's you you're <laughs> yes, saying. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, I think, I think I'm definitely the pusher, you know, like he's very, he doesn't like to make any changes and I'm, I'm, I'm much more impulsive than he is. So it might be good to like, like narrow it down to a three, a few cities, like, like make the next step by yourself and do a little research like and that. be like, it's either Portland, Austin, or so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. So, you know, I don't know if you need to like look on Zillow, look at opportunities, but oh, maybe if you nar day. narrowed it down a little bit and really got, maybe he would see that you were a little more serious because you've been thinking about it and you think it's between these three cities. And also I would try to pick a city. Is there anyone where you know people or know someone who knows someone? I mean, that's always like, you know, or good. family, you know, if, 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 if one place has a few, cause you're kind of talking about like uprooting yourself and that's like a really big, I've never... Well, I did that when I was young, but right. that's yeah. really hard to do, especially with like another person because you have to agree on where to go. And well, what can I ask? Right. And there is this other level of complication is the fact that like I've never lived outside of the Bay Area except for nine months when I lived in Austin and my car didn't have air conditioning. So I moved home. I mean, and it's then, the best like, place in the world, but, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's expensive. Good. And then he's he's actually British. Like he came here on a work visa and then we got married and he has a green card via our marriage. So, so, so no this is, so you're the host. Friend. This is your country. So you need to be like, okay, yeah. here's what's up. It's here's one of these, going. if I lived with a British guy in England, I would totally take my cues from him Yeah. in what to do and where to go. That's a fair, that's a good point. But oh, to back up four steps, have you had a conversation <laughs> not about moving, but about his reluctance to move where you say something like, I'm noticing that you keep making excuses and I have to have that stop because I'm really serious that I want to get out of here as soon as it's possible. Um, we've had touched on that. The problem is, is that like, he's just, a, he's like a people pleaser and he's very agreeable. So even when I'm very direct, he'll be like, yeah, no, I totally get that. I don't like this touched on it stuff. I think what's obvious is that the next step for you guys to take is for you to sit down and say, uh, I know we've talked a lot about doing this, but I need to start putting this plan into action. And here is our timeline. Like be the pusher. She needs to have new information. That's the next right. time I she's, love that. she sits and talks with him. Uh, new information. That's so, great. So me like sending him a link to a house and no. being like, why no. won't you do this? It's not enough. No, because then it just becomes like <laughs> nagging, nagging. It becomes a part of your dynamic rather than a real con a serious conversation. It's just like he knows that when you bring it up, he can make an excuse and you'll go Ugh, and keep on keep on doing what you're doing. But he's he doesn't know what it's like for you to sit down and say, here's what I need. I need us to move within the next. What do you think is reasonable year, two years? Well, I mean, it was supposed to be a year a year ago. Yeah, and, but okay, like, but it wasn't. Yeah. So, so now what? So I need us to move within the next year. 
barring barring you being unable to find a job. So we have. I need to get this to be more serious because to me, I'm feeling like rebuffed and not really listened to. And maybe I'm partially responsible for that because I haven't told you how serious I am about it. But it's time for us to get serious. You know, some a conversation like that where you you map out the plan. You need to, uh, you know, apply to some jobs in these communities and see if there's anything out there. We need to start taking action. That's what I think. It's time for a come to Jesus conversation. Yeah, I think maybe that's part of the issue is that I'm not a great planner. I'm very impulsive. So I haven't had a plan. I've just been like, let's go. Right. I really think narrowing it down, you know, realistically, like, you know, Austin's an amazing city, but I don't know. I don't know if I could move to a right-wing state right now. Well, Austin barely counts. I, I know, but still, you're in Texas. I don't know. I mean, I'm one just saying you should like consider. What's that? Austin, one of the angles I was going to like was going to kind of push is that you know my vote and eventually his vote is a lot more worthwhile in like some of these areas that could be considered swing states as they are in Oakland. Sure, you should you move know? to Wyoming based on that logic. <laughs> wait okay no, by the way you should definitely just move to europe i don't know what you're thinking but anyway here's my, my last my last bit of advice do you guys ever go to couples counseling or anything like that probably not huh no i just no. there's something about i mean i know it seems like a kind of an atomic option to bring a, a stranger in but since you're bad at planning and he's bad at uh, committing it just seems like it, it would almost be nice to like involve a person that a you're, yeah, a person that you're both responsible to, you know, not even about emotional issues, but just like you don't know how to plan. He doesn't know how to pull the trigger. You're down to pull the trigger and, and without even figuring out what the target is. And he's so scared to pull the trigger, he won't pick up the gun. So what you guys need is like maybe is for some third party to come in and go, I'm going to help you make a plan. And, I, you know, I'm going to help you make a schedule and I'm going to help you guys figure out what 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 your your game plan is. I agree. I think yeah, I, a... think, I think that'd be helpful because I can be really overwhelming and he's very like British and like subdued. So he'll he'll he like lets me steamroll him a lot of times when it comes to like discussions. So it would be nice to have someone to like cut me off. I got and, it. Like, let I, him talk. I know. What, I, know <laughs> I, I think I got it. You. you you need new information, as Natasha said, but then you admitted to yourself that you're to, and to us that you're not really good at making plans or very concrete things. The new information is I'd really like us to bring in an outside uh, person to talk about this. I'm not saying we have a, a, a problems in our relationship. I don't think we do. I just think we need to bring a third person in so we can uh, someone to help motivate us. And maybe it doesn't even need to be a therapist. Maybe it could be like a life coach. They have those and they're like, they're, they're almost as qualified to give advice as we are here on the Endless Honeymoon podcast. But, <laughs> but also you're both quarantining. It's a perfect time. You don't even have to commit to going to an office. You can do one of these um, services, these online therapy services, and just Zoom with somebody who can help you make a plan. That's the new information. You sit down and say, here's some new information. I need us to do an online therapy session, a few sessions of uh, to make a plan to get out of here. That's what I think. Tosh? I'm interested. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. It's interesting that you say that. Tell me more. Because you wouldn't do that. Because <laughs> I wouldn't do it? No, you would go to an online therapist. Sure. Yeah, really? I would. Yeah. Okay. Why? What did you want to discuss? No, I, I don't want to. But I mean, that's. I just don't know that anyone would be open to Natasha, that. Natasha, you don't understand. I, we're not fucked up the way these this couple is. 
They have serious problems. They need help. We don't need that kind of help. Uh, well, well I like, mean, yeah. Would it be the same to do like a financial planner? Because really, like my my concern is that like we're wasting like a lot of our years here, like paying rent to people when we could be like saving money and like investing. In totally. I, 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 what do you think, Tosh? I think, I think so. But I think you need, it's almost like you, you guys need not only a financial planner, but it, it could almost even be a, well, like a best friend. To, I have an Somebody idea. to keep you accountable. Tosh, what's up? I know what you guys should do. So get him to agree that when you guys can start traveling, maybe in September, you visit two cities. Have you visited these places already? Yeah, we've been to Austin a few times together because I've got a lot of friends there um, from when I live there. And we've both separately been to like Portland. Um, you know and what? then just... the, UK is, the UK is an option, um, but it's just not something we've pursued super heavy at the moment. It's I... a much more drastic change. Sure. I already know. Yes. Move to Austin. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Move to Austin. <laughs> get a third party. Whether it's a financial planner, a therapist, a life coach, or even literally, it could literally it could be like a, a, a one of these weird, you know how everybody's like a spiritual helper now online? You know, they have these people that used to be um, just like recovering alcoholics that were working <laughs> at a Starbucks, but now they all have like an online brand where they help you with your spiritual life. It could, it could Aspiring be, influencers. Yeah, like you, you could, it could even be someone like that because it's not actually important who it is. It's important that it isn't you. Yeah, and that's the problem is that we're quarantined in a one-bedroom apartment and we're just like, there's just like a constant feedback loop of if, the two of us only speaking to each other. If only there was a community you could tap into through some sort of device <laughs> in that one bedroom that could com- contact you with the outside world. We've got it. There is such a person. And in fact, <laughs> you could call the um, the family therapist, the couples counselor that we had on this very podcast or call Inari uh, Popcorn, the sex worker. Just call someone. Yeah, and, she was fun. Yeah, call someone else <laughs> and have them help you. You've taken the first step by calling us. Now you and your husband, he's so polite, he's going to say yes. He's British. We were just watching Mary Poppins and they, they're all insulting each other by being polite. They're like, thank you for your help. I believe if you go into the kitchen, the cook has some food for you. So you got—he's he, never going to tell you what he's really feeling. So you got to take the reins. No, it's terrible. Grab the steer and I'm by like, the I'm horns. A, I'm an Italian American, so it's just like a woman's feelings are out at all times, and yeah, are much further in. Right, totally. He, you're, you're like, forget about it. And he's like, <laughs> I've already forgotten. All right. Well, good luck, honey. Good luck. Get out of Oakland. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Yeah, it's funny. It's the same dynamic, actually, of somebody not breaking up with someone because they are too scared to pull the trigger. It's like, here are two people that both agree they need to go, but they aren't going because one is not like is too polite to to you know say I'm feeling pressured, and the other one is too scatterbrained to make a super good plan. It takes a lot of personal power to uproot yourself and start yeah. start a life. You know, you have to really want it. And, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's also very hard to leave the Bay Area. Yeah. It's really difficult. Because you're like in the best place. It's the best. And I mean, I'm not saying the Bay Area is the best place. Is. But in terms of like it being is. picturesque and it's having a breeze and being, you know, mm. every street is beautiful. <laughs> no, no doubt. The Bay Area is the best place. And I regret having left. Do you really? No, I love LA, but it took me a while. It took me a while. I remember I was driving down um, Los Feliz Boulevard and uh, I 
it was about six months after I moved here and I realized that the spell had broken. I spent like, I spent like, maybe it was more, more than, more than that. Maybe it was like a year and a half in. Cause I would go up to the Bay area for the weekend and I'd be like, you met me. This was way before I met you. Oh. You were not the breaker of the spell. You were the breaker of the other spell. But I just like the, uh, I felt like, you know, the King and Lord of the Rings. No, you probably don't. When you, no, honey. I should not finish this analogy. All right, I won't. Listen, Tosh. Yeah. Of course I don't want to go back to the Bay Area because when I came down to Los Angeles, I met my destiny. I, I, my life started to uh, become the life that I had dreamed in many ways, financially, career-wise, and then I started surfing. <laughs> and that has really been a dream come true. I mean, you act like it. The way you look at those waves, you just always look longingly whenever you see an ocean. Like, I do. I love and you're always it. like, I should have gone surfing. You'll be like out with me and, and our daughter <laughs> and you're just like staring at the ocean like, oh, I really missed out today. I have many loves. I have many loves. You know what I love most of all? What? Our YouTube page. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash endless honeymoon to watch this podcast. Subscribe. Yep. We got an Instagram. And all, as always, you can leave a secret on our secrets hotline, 213-222-8608. Play by the rules. Play by the rules. Don't, don't abuse the system. Um, but <laughs> honestly, the, I'll be honest with you, Natasha. Yeah. It's not surfing that I love the most. Okay. Do you know what I love? No. Uh, I love you. I love you too. <laughs>